Thanks for tuning in to Freedom House Podcast. We're always encouraged to know God is working through this church as we change our world one life at a time. We'd love to stay connected with you by following us on social media at Freedom House OC, as well as our YouTube channel. Let's listen in on today's message. Today I'm excited to continue our series on alignment. Someone say the year of alignment. Say everything's going to line up. (laughs) And we're talking particularly about the mind battles. And today will be the fourth installment where we'll talk about how to overcome these thought patterns that are in our mind. And so if you would grab your Bibles, we're going to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. If you remain standing for the reading of the Word of God, 2 Corinthians chapter number 10. And then we're going to read from verse number 4 and verse number 5. We're going to read the King James Version. If you did not get a message outline when you walked in, lift your hand. Our ushers are going to walk to make their way down the aisles there in Costa Mesa here at Fullerton. And uh, you will, the, the points to my message was the verse I'll be reading. If you're watching online, they'll put a link there. Just click and you'll have all my notes there that you can follow along uh, with us in today's message. But as you turn your Bible, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, 4 and 5, I want to make mention our connect groups are starting up uh, next week. And so jump into a connect group. Uh, be, it's, life is better with friends. Iron sharpens irons. Don't do life alone. And so get into, we have men's connect groups and women's connect groups and marriage connect groups and uh, prayer connect groups. What they do, they go over the Sunday message and we pray about it. Get into community. Don't be lonely. Make some friends this year. Amen. And then also our marriage conference is coming up. And so make sure to register next month. Where are all the happily married people at? Okay, score some points. Yeah, I set you up right there. Yeah, come on now. Happily married. That's right. And so if you were not shouting, come to the marriage conference. You need it. Come on. I'm just joking. It'll be next month. It's a month away. And uh, make sure to get registered. It sells out every year. And uh, we want you to be there, get your marriage, have a little tune-up for the Lord. All right, you ready for the word? 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 4 through 5. The word of the Lord reads like this. It says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are what? Mighty through who? God. I want you to see that the Bible says God gives us these spiritual weapons and they have spiritual power through God. Now here's what these spiritual weapons do. The Bible says to the pulling down of strongholds and the Bible says casting down imaginations. Notice the two uh, words there and the emphasis of the text is that these spiritual weapons are to pull things down and to cast things down. And when he says strongholds, he's talking about these things in our mind that try to have a stronghold on our life. He says, pull them down. Say, pull them down. Cast them down. He says, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Anything that comes against God's knowledge. And watch this last sentence. This last sentence is where we're going to be talking the portion of this message today is this. It says, and bringing into captivity every thought. Say, every thought to the obedience of Christ, Jesus Christ. The Bible says that if we are going to win and be able to overcome these strongholds that try to set up in our mind, that we have got to have the ability to capture every thought that runs wild in our mind. We gotta be able to bring it into captivity. And I'm gonna say that this is so important because if you don't capture your thoughts, your thoughts will capture you. And I want to talk to you today, the title of my message, I mean, I, I'm, this, I told you last week, this verse, I mean, it's like, you're going to need a toothpick. There's so much meat in this verse. But I want to talk to you today about how to control your thoughts. 
I don't say this often, but today's message, I believe, will literally change the rest of your life. Because if you can change your thinking, you will change your marriage, you will change the way you view your future, you will change the way you view how God views you. We're going to get all up in it talking about our thoughts. So let me pray for you. Bow your head. Father, we thank you this morning. We focus ourselves today as we talk on the subject matter of our thought life. God, it is important to you, so it must be important to us. That these thoughts, Father, that often run wild in our mind, today we want to have control over them because your word says we can't. So, Father, we submit ourselves to you, Father. And as we talk on the subject matter of our thought process, God, speak to us. Help us by the power of Jesus' name and the Holy Spirit to have control over our thoughts, that they wouldn't control us, but we would control them. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Somebody say amen. Come on, give God one more clap. You may be seated. And you know me, I always tell you to bug your neighbor. Just tell your neighbor, say, we're going to control our thoughts. Say this, say, we're going to control our thoughts. That's right. I want to talk to you today about controlling your thoughts. I want to talk to you about being able to control biblically your thoughts. Now, let me just lay down this foundation that when I say controlling your thoughts, this is not a humanistic self-help type of thing. This is a Bible thing. As I read to you in the scriptures, the Bible makes it very clear. He says that we are to bring every thought into what? Captivity. And watch this last sentence, to the obedience of Jesus Christ. Because see, there's a lot of self-help books out there, a lot of people that will try to give you these ideas of grabbing hold of your thoughts and all that stuff, and they try to help you, but the problem is we don't have the power to, to help ourselves. You'll always try to help yourself, but listen, you can't. Because as believers, we have something the world doesn't have. Is within myself, I can't, but with God, how many know that I can? Talk to me, somebody. So we have the power of the Holy Spirit. We have the power of Jesus living inside of us that we don't live by self. We live by the Spirit of God. And because I have the Spirit of God, believer, you are different than anybody else in the world. And hear me now. You are different, meaning that you have a God authority that says that you can actually grab a hold of your thoughts. That I, by the power of Jesus... Don't have to let my mind run wild, but I can grab it into captivity and control my thoughts. Now, let me ask you a question. How different can your life be if you can control your thoughts? How different would it be if you can control your thoughts? Because the Bible says it. I'm not presenting to you my thoughts. I'm presenting to you God's thoughts. And God said that he wants us to capture these mental strongholds and to capture these thoughts. Now, you might say, now, why would God want us to do that? That's the question today. Why would God want us to capture our thoughts? Here's why. Because your thought life is the central control unit of your life. Your mind is the, is the control tower of your life. Your mind is the CPU, the central processing unit of your life. Like I told you last week, Romans chapter 7, 25, the Bible says it is with the mind that we serve God. That I serve God through my mind. And if I'm going to live right, I've got to think right. That in my mind is my thoughts. That my thinking will determine what my life will be. Your, what's in your mind will come out of your life. In fact, your life, where you are at today, is the sum total of how you've been thinking. Where you're at today. It is the sum total of what you've been thinking. If you've been thinking small then you've been living small. 
If you've been thinking big, then you've been seeing God do some big things. Now, again, I'm not telling you that. That's what the Bible is saying. The Bible says we have got to capture these thoughts and bring them into the obedience of Jesus Christ. And if God said it's possible, how many want to experience what God has for us? Come on, say amen. Now, God wants this to us because these thoughts will determine our life. A lot of times, the reason you're, you be, we will come into a wrong place is because we'd have wrong thinking. So if you're at a place right now in your life where you're like, I do not like everything that's around me right now, you need to ask yourself, what was I thinking? <laughs> okay, What was I thinking? And I'm going to tell you, if you find your thinking, if you locate your thought, you'll locate your life. I'll say that one more time. If you locate your thinking, you will locate your life. But if you can get the right thinking, you can say, God, I want to have God's thoughts. And the type of thoughts I'm talking about, I'm not talking about your thoughts. I'm talking about God's thoughts. That if we can get God's thoughts in our minds, you will have the most powerful mind that is ever known. It's called the mind of Christ. Come on, somebody. The mind that God has for us. Now, our thoughts are very important, and the scriptures actually tell us that we are the sum total of our thinking. And I'm going to show you this verse here in Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 7, the first part of that verse in the King James Version. The scripture says, for as he thinks in his heart, what does it say? So is he. In other words, how I think is how I am. How I think these thoughts is how I am. And so God is telling us that if we are going to have our life aligned with him, if we're going to have the things that God has for us, be the man of God, the woman of God, the marriage of God, the family of God that honors him in this culture today, then I've got to get my thinking. I've got to capture these wrong thoughts into the obedience of Christ and have the mind of Christ so I can live for him. And we've got, we got to get this in the area. Now, here are three important thoughts that will develop your life. I want you to write this down. This is not your points. This is just kind of little, write this on the side somewhere. If you're taking notes, write this down. But here are the three most important thoughts that we need to get aligned. Number one is how, how I think about God. Two is how I think about myself. And three is how I think about other people. So how I think about God, how I think about myself, and how I think about other people. These are the three most important thoughts of your life. Because how you view God, number one, is the most important one, will determine how you view yourself, which will then determine how you view other people. So if you have the, the wrong thinking, that if you say, I, I, I think God is a liar, then that means you think you don't matter, therefore other people don't matter to you. And you're like, get out of my face. <laughs> you know, I don't want to talk to you. You think everybody's messed up. But if you can have the right thing, and think, no, God is the savior of humanity, and he can heal my brokenness, then if he can change me, he can definitely change you. Talk to me, somebody. Say amen. So these are the three most important thoughts that God wants us to get into alignment with him because either you control your thoughts or your thoughts control you. Period, bold, underline, 27 font. Come on now. Now, why did I say all that? I said all that because in the verses that we just read, Paul the apostle reveals to us where this, where this battle is and where this fight is taking place. And if you don't know where the fight is, then you won't know how to win. You're like, where's the battle? I, I, I want to win the devil. What? Well, you got to know where the fight is. And Paul reveals to us here again. Let's read it one more time in verse 5 of, of 2 Corinthians 10. He says in the latter part, the last sentence, he says, Bring him into captivity. What? Every thought to what? The obedience of Christ or the obedience of Jesus Christ. In other words, I'm going to bring my thought life into alignment 
into obeying the principles of Jesus. My thoughts are not gonna try to obey my feelings. I'm not gonna try to fit in with culture. I don't wanna be cool, I wanna be called. Talk to me, somebody. I want my obedience in alignment with Christ, but if I'm ever gonna get there, I've gotta learn to control my thoughts and align them with where I wanna be. Talk to me, somebody, and say amen. So we are going to align these things. So Paul says we gotta bring these thoughts into captivity. Now. The question to ask when we read this verse of bringing our thoughts into captivity is we gotta, we gotta think, well, what is, what is framing or determining your thought life? And if we're gonna capture these things, you gotta find the origination of these things. In other words, what is framing these things? And I gotta say, in the culture we live in today, there is a lot that's trying to frame your thinking. You gotta be aware of this. Obviously, we want God to put his his thoughts in my life so that I, I can then organize those. But you have to be aware, church, that we live in a world that is trying to put thoughts in your life through movies, through social media, through articles, through books, through opinions. Culture tries to put thoughts in your mind and we open our mind to them and these thoughts get inside of us. And just because somebody says it doesn't mean it's true. I'm going to say that one more time. Just because, let me, put it, let me say that a little better. Just because somebody popular says it doesn't mean it's true. Just because somebody who may have uh, seemed to be smart says it doesn't mean it's true. Because we don't live by the human's wisdom. We live by the Holy Spirit's wisdom. And so we've got to be aware, and quick parenting to parents, this is why we have to be very intentional on what type of thoughts are being fed into our children. You better believe that. Well, you need to watch what they are watching. That is not your phone. It is called my phone. It ain't iPhone. It's my phone. Talk to me, parents. Okay? No, we're going to get see what you're doing. That's why you can't just let your, your children watch certain programs. They're trying to indoctrinate your children with curriculum that confuses them. They're trying to indoctrinate. Your children are impressionable. They're young, and they're trying to indoctrinate them with, with faulty thinking and, and confuse them with gender identity and all that. No, listen, we came from God. God designed you, and your thoughts are in the Word, not what the world says, and that's why you got to protect your children. I wish I had some more parents that understood that they are your kids, not the government's kids. Can I get a better amen? So we got to protect our children. Yes, it ain't your TikTok. It's my clock. I got to stay with the times. You know what I'm saying? Come on. <laughs> it ain't your TikTok. It's my clock. Let's see what's up in that TikTok. Because they're going to impact our children. You should have their passwords and you should know, yeah, you're in my house. You know, it's my room. That's my bed. That's why I tell my son. Your bed? That's my bed. Come on, somebody. Anyway, okay, there's my rant. All right. We have to protect because it's trying to infiltrate. Now, just like as good parents, they call this intentional parenting, you try to protect your children's thoughts. God wants to protect your thoughts. Does that make sense? Just like you're like, I don't want my child watching that, watching that scary movie because I want to sleep in my own bed, not with him in my bed. Come on now. Okay, it's the same way God says to you. He says, I don't want you in that mind because I don't want you to have that nightmare in your mind. I don't want you to be uneasy with that. So God is trying to cause you to think at that level that I need to guard my thoughts so they don't infiltrate me. It's funny how they call certain things programs because exactly what it's trying to do, program your mind. Okay? It's trying to program you. 
I'm telling you, we say, well, as I'm sitting here in church, yes, I'm trying to get programmed with the word, though. I want my mind to be programmed on what God thinks. I want my mind to be programmed on what the word says. I want my mind to be programmed on the grace of God, the forgiveness of God. I want my mind to be, come on, aligned with what God says. Can I get a better amen? Come on, say amen. So we need to recognize what is feeding our thoughts into it. Now, God wants to guard our thoughts. Now, why does God want us to control our thoughts? Why is there so much in there? Because there's so much sensuality and temptation in the world, in the world and sin always starts in your thoughts. Let's read these verses in Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 through 8, and watch what the Bible says. Someone say the Bible says. Okay, this is what the Bible says. This is how Pastor Josiah says. This is what the Bible says, okay? It says, since then, he says, you have been raised with Christ. He says, set your hearts where? On things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Watch verse two, set your mind. Someone say, set your mind. He says, on things that are above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Where Christ is, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Watch verse five, because Paul's about to get down. He says, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. Sexual immorality impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. He says, put it to death. He says, because of these, the wrath of God is coming. He says, you used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. He says, that was the old you. He says, but now, verse 8, the new you with the new mind of Christ, you must also rid yourself of all such of these things, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. I hope you don't kiss your mama with that mouth. Come on, somebody. Amen. Yeah, it's the Bible. Someone say, that's a good word. Come on. We receive it. He says, you're saved now. Listen to me now, church. Paul is saying, you're a believer now. You've given your life to Jesus. He says, and now that you've been raised with Christ, he says, you've got to put to death all of the old thinking, all of the old ways, sexual immorality and lust and, and greed and idolatry. You've got to put all that stuff away, and you've got to put on the new mind. And he says, in this mind, you've got to set it on things that are above. You're above that now, man. You're, 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 that's, that, that is not who you are no more. That, that, was the, that was the old 2019 version of you. That was the old broken, messed up, tore up from the floor up, mad at the world you. But now you've been raised with Christ and you've got to set your mind on things that are above. Now, I love how he uses the word set. Let me break this down because the word set is exactly what that is. It means to grab a hold of it. In other words, it's kind of like you set your alarm clock to wake up tomorrow on, on Monday and you set it at a certain time. You have to set your mind to be to put it at a certain place that I'm going to think on things that are, that are above, that are pure, that are holy. I'm going to put my mind there. And you've got to learn to set yourself up, not set yourself down. And so many of us set ourselves down, we should be setting ourselves up. And they say that in a, in a battle, whoever has the high ground has the advantage. You've got to set your mind at the high ground so you have the advantage over the enemy. That before you come at me, my mind is already set that I am more than enough because God said I am, that I'm forgiven, that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, that I'm not going to succumb to my temptations. That is not who I am. I am who God says I am. Can I get a better amen? Touch your neighbor and say, set yourself up. Tell him, set yourself up. Quit setting yourself down. 
Set yourself up. Volley yourself up to just spike it on the devil. Bam. You know what I mean? We got to set ourselves up. And so how do we set ourselves up? Point number, write this down. Actually, it's in your notes. It's not a point, but write this down. We set ourselves up by, write this down, is realizing that we control our thoughts. It begins, it begins with our relationship with Jesus. It all begins with Jesus. What we can do is only through Christ, not through us. I need to say that one more time. What we can do with controlling our thoughts, it is only through Christ, not through us. And it's because of what Jesus has done on the cross that we can control our thoughts by the power of the Holy Spirit. Why is this important? Because so many people succumb to their thoughts with this statement. They say, but I just, I feel like I have to do it. Like I'm weak towards, I just like, I have to. Listen, you don't have to do nothing. The only, you don't, you don't have to do that sin. You don't have to give in to that lust. You don't have to give in to that, 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 that promiscuity. You can say, Jesus, and through Christ, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I have the power of the Holy Spirit. I am don't, I'm not left to my own power, but God fill me up. And God says he will fill you and you can capture every thought in the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, say amen. So how do we control our thoughts? I got some questions for you, and I didn't finish all seven. Uh, surprise, surprise, okay? So it's going to be two parts. I'm going to tell you right now, so you're going to come back next Sunday, or you're going to have half a haircut, and that's your fault, okay? I'm just joking, all right? But, okay, I know next Sunday is Super Sunday, and uh, we have a 9.30, 11.30, and instead of our 5, we opened up a 6 p.m. on Saturday night, so you have another option to come to church, and uh, you can come to church, and there's no excuses. If you don't come, uh, your team's going to lose. Just kidding. I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that. I was messed up. I know. Okay, praise the Lord. All right. But, you know, I'm just joking. All right, so... How do we control our thoughts? Here's how, here are some questions to ask so you can learn biblically to control your thoughts. Question number one, here's what you gotta ask. You gotta ask yourself, where will these thoughts take me? You gotta ask yourself, where will these thoughts take me? Where are these thoughts gonna take me? So, so how do you control your thoughts? Here's how, is that when you're, when you're going through life, you gotta ask yourself, where are these thoughts gonna lead me? Where are they gonna take me? Is it gonna take me to sin? Is it gonna take me into an addiction? Is it going to take me into abusive relationship? Is it going to take me into adultery and, 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 and break my marital vow? Is it going to take me in, into, into, into lust? Is it going to take me in a, in a, into pornography? I have to learn to say, where is it going to take me? And if it's going to take me where I don't want to be, then I'm not good on that thought. Number two, write this down. What's the second question you've got to ask? You have to ask yourself this. Will these thoughts get me to where I want to be? Will these thoughts get me to where I want to be? to be. And if they're not, then you've got to grab that thought and throw it out of your mind. You have to ask yourself this. Is it going to get me? And if it's not going to get me there, then I've got to get out of my mind. Now, what's interesting is that you have to realize this, is that thoughts are carriers. They would say thoughts are carriers. They're carriers. That's why it's called a train of thought. Get it? Train. Choo-choo. A thought. Because when you jump on a thought, it's going to take you somewhere. So you got to recognize when you jump on a train of thought that if you jump on that train, it's going to take you to places. That's why some of you jumped on the wrong train of thought and you ended up in Worryville. Some of you jumped on the wrong train of thought and you ended up in Lonelyville, Self Partyville. Self party USA, self pity USA city. Some of you jumped on the wrong train of thought and you ended up in Viva Las Vegas. Because what stays in Vegas 
What happens in Vegas stays on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Come on, talk to me, somebody. You know, they don't stay over there. You jumped on the wrong train of thought and you ended up in Brokeville. You jumped on the wrong train of thought and you ended up in Regretville. You have got to make a decision this year in 2020 that I'm not going to jump on the wrong trains of thought because I'm tired of going to Worryville, Defeatville. I'm tired of that. Instead, I'm going to jump on the right train of thought and I'm going to find myself in Victoryville. I'm going to find myself in Powerville. I'm going to find myself in Breakthrough City. I'm going to find myself in Miracleville. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but somebody's going to say in 2020, I'm on the right train of thought, and I'm going to live in breakthrough, power, forgiveness, anointing, and miracle. Oh, you ought to give God a hand clap this morning like we're jumping on the right trains of thought. Shout amen. So here's what you got to do is in your mind, because thoughts take you somewhere. He says, bring every thought captive. Because when you're sitting at the train station of your thoughts, and the thought comes, all aboard. Don't just get on that train. Let me jump in. <laughs> what am I doing here? You quit. Don't get mad at God. It's your fault, God. God's like, it's not my fault. I told you not to get on that train. I told you not to jump on that thing and end up at that Brokeville. I told you it was no good, but you're like, I could change him, Lord. How's that working? Oh, I'm preaching good right now. I feel the Holy Ghost now. <laughs> I told you. She's my queen. I told you to draw my queen. I told you, Lord says. I can do it. So don't get mad at God. So you got to be at the train station. And when it comes, where's this train? Where's it? Where? Oh, I'm not going there. I've already been in Regretville. I've already been there. Bought the t-shirt. <laughs> you know, I, I got the bruises. I got the scars. I lost a lot of years over there. Nope. And then the right train comes. And it's one of, of, of healing your marriage. Because some of you, you need to jump on the right train of thoughts this year. It needs to be the train of thought of, of, of breakthrough. The train of thought of Love City, USA. Come on, in your marriage. Come on, I got to preach it. In your marriage, in your marriage, in your marriage. Hallelujah. You know? But you got to say, that's the one I'm going to go to. Because the Bible says, watch me read this verse to you, Romans chapter 8 and 25. Let me break it down a little more. Someone say, break it down. Yeah. Romans 8, 25 says this. It says that the mind that is set, or 8, 5, I'm sorry. It says those who live according to the flesh, it says have their mind set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the spirit have their mind set on what? What the Spirit desires. So the Bible makes this, this very clear to us that, that our mind, we can have it set on something. You can have it set on what the flesh wants, sin, lust, sexual impurity. And if you have that set on it, then you're, gonna, you're going to fulfill that desire. He says, but if you have your mind set on the Spirit, then you're going to fulfill what the Spirit desires. Nine fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I have to have my mind set. That's why it's called a mindset. So here's my question. What is your mind set on today? What is it set on? Because there's so many things that try to get us. Now, there's this term in the Bible 
Watch this now. Stay with me. It's called a reprobate mind. Okay? A reprobate mind is someone who has their mind set on the sin that they know what God's word says. They know it's not going to end up good, but they still do it anyway. You know it's not honoring God. You know it's not going to help your family, your marriage, your future. But it's a reprobate mind. It says, I want it, and I don't care. I'm going to do it, even though it's going to ruin my life. I don't care. I want it. And the Bible calls this a reprobate mind. It's a rebellious mind towards God. And I just want to say this. that If you're hearing this message, I say this with love. Please, let me pastor you. It's not helping you. Look, I love you. I love you. But maybe no one's ever told you this. It's not going to help you. And all it's going to do is take away your life and the goodness that God has planned for you. And I know you think, well, I'm just going to keep doing it. Well, it's going to kill you, and it's going to hurt the people that love you most. And come within the sound of voice, know that there's the grace of God, that you are not your sin, that you are not your addiction, that you don't have to keep going back to that sin, that promiscuity. You don't have to keep throwing your life away, but you can change today by saying, I'm going to set my mind on the things of the Spirit. And I'm going to listen to that brown jacket wearing preacher. Come on, talk to me, somebody. And I'm going to say, if he says God can do it for him, then I believe God can do it for me. And I want to tell, I want to preach somebody into deliverance right now. And I want to say that God has sent to you his only son named Jesus to forgive you, to give you grace. And you can come back home, child, and God will equip you. He will fill you. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, you can get into the right place. So come on, somebody clap for someone who's coming home today in the mighty name of Jesus' name. Come on, shout amen. I feel someone's coming home today. Come on, I just feel that in the spirit. Someone's coming home. You're going to come home and say, that's it. I'm no longer going to have a reprobate mind. I'm going to serve the things of God. Say amen. How do we get our mind aligned? How do we capture our thoughts? Write this down. The third thing that we have to do to get our mind in alignment with God is you have to ask yourself this question. This is how you capture your thoughts, okay? You have to ask yourself, do these thoughts line up with Scripture? You have to ask yourself, do these thoughts line up with Scripture? If it doesn't line up with Scripture, then it's not going to line up my life. Because we got to learn to capture these thoughts. we got to grab them. The Bible says capture these thoughts. And if it doesn't line up with Scripture, then it's going to put me out of alignment with God. Psalms chapter 119 and verse 9, the Bible says, How can a young person stay on the path of purity? It says, by living according to your word. And so we got to live according to his word, but the purity is right here. We got to say, God, it starts in my mind. It's going to come out of my life. So God, I, if, my, if these thoughts don't line up with scripture, I'm going to throw them out of my mind. I'm going to cast them down because I'm trying to be in alignment with God. I'm trying to have a, have a pure life before the Lord, and I'm not going to let my mind take me there. Because thoughts are simply actions in rehearsal. Thoughts are actions in rehearsal. You're thinking it here, and sooner or later it's going to make, it, make its way out here. So if it doesn't line up with Scripture, I'm going to take it out of my life so I can be in alignment with God. And you got to watch again where these thoughts go because it will take you where you don't want to be. 
So one of the final thoughts, like I said, I can't, I can't finish. I'm going to finish the second half. There's so much I want to talk to you about. This is, I really feel like we're getting into the meat and potatoes of some deep stuff here. But the Bible says that we are to bring every thought into captivity. Say every thought into captivity. Which means, watch me now, is that you have to police your own mind. Because it says bring it into captivity. That means you got to capture it. you got to arrest that thought. Like you ever had some thoughts just come in your, in your mind like crazy thoughts? Yeah, all the time. These Like where did that come from? And it's a crazy thought. It just, okay. What the Bible says, you got to arrest those thoughts. Bring it into captivity. That word captivity is to arrest it. It's to grab it. So in other words, when a high-speed thought comes to your mind, you literally got to do this. In your own mind, police your mind. Woo! Pull over. You're right. Pull over. You know, some of you see those red lights. Oh, okay. And you have to pull over. And then you start praying, Father, if you get me out of this one, Lord. <laughs> I heard y'all pray. If you get me out, just this one time, Lord, I will never, I promise, Lord, I'll go to church every Sunday. Thanks for being here. Just kidding. Come on, somebody. Hey, man. I have a good time. But you got to arrest your thought. Woo! Pull over. And you got to tell your own thoughts, because the Bible says, bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Jesus Christ. In other words, God says this is your responsibility, not his. He's giving you the power and the authority, but you have to bring them. So you got to tell that thought, pull over. And you got to say, you're going there a little fast there, buddy. Up in my mind, just running like that, talking crazy. And you can't go up in my mind that fast because you're endangering my family. You can't be running crazy in my mind like that because you're endangering my marriage. You can't just go up changing lanes all up in my mind like that because you are putting my future in danger. So I've got to pull over. I've got to arrest that crazy thought. And I've got to put it in handcuffs and say, you're not going to lead my life. Jesus leads my life. And if there are any other crazy thoughts trying to get crazy up in here, my mind belongs to Jesus, not to any sin, lust, pornography, or any sexual immorality. My mind is aligned with heaven. Come on, I wish I had a better amen from some believers this morning who wanted to live for Jesus. Shout hallelujah. Okay. Let me go a little step further. Can I go a little further? I'm almost done. Okay, almost done. I'm out of time, but over time, the, the game just got good. Just kidding. Come on. Preachers, we always say stuff like that. I know. Come on. But I'm almost done. Here's the last thought, okay? Remember, you got to ask yourself, is this thought going to take me where I want to be? Okay? Is this, are these thoughts in alignment with God? And if they're not, you got to capture them. Let me give you this last example. Let's say after church today, you were to go home, and when you got home, you noticed that someone had broken your front door and there was a U-Haul right in front of your front door and they were taking your stuff out of your house, like straight up just robbing your house. But they didn't care. They're just moving it. They're good TV, the one you really like, the good one. They're just loaded up to their car. And you're like, you're like, what's going on here? Then you walk into your house and you see the person who was just taking all your goods, your couch and your autographed Raider football. Oh, it got real now. Come on, somebody. All right. And they're loading it up. And then when you see the person who's, who's taking all your stuff, he's in your kitchen making a ham sandwich. <laughs> putting a bunch of ham. And then he opens your avocado. Oh, it got real now. 
I mean, he's grabbing avocado and he's putting it on both breads, not even one, just both. I'm putting an avocado here, an avocado there. I mean, just like, I don't care. Some of you are like already like, let me loose, Pastor. Hold on. Of course, you would say, hey, why are you up in my house taking my avocado, taking my TV? That stuff is mine. You wouldn't be, oh, I'm sorry, I, I'm, did I disturb you? Okay, go ahead, take what you got to take. And, and no. Now, we laugh at that analogy, but that's what so many of us do in our mind. We let Satan load up our joy. We let Satan load up our, our purity. We let Satan load up our power, load up our forgiveness, load up our avocado. He's just loading everything up. You're like, okay, go ahead. I'm sorry, did I disturb you? You're robbing all that from my mind. Oh, no, 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 man of God. Oh, no, no, woman of God. See, the devil messed up by letting you come to this service because I'm trying to give you back the authority that comes through Jesus Christ. That next time the devil tries to come up in your mind and try to load up your peace and load up your anointing and load up your calling and load up your power and load up who you are and load up your identity and load up your future you have been given the authority by Jesus Christ to say devil I bring every thought into captivity to the obedience the surrenderance the uh, authority the preeminence of Jesus Christ and I am a child of God more than enough victorious forgiven and filled with the Holy Ghost. You ought to give God a praise today like you're going to take back everything the devil stole from your mind. Give him a praise. Give him a worship. Give him a shout. Shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. Thanks for joining us today. We pray you were encouraged by this message. Show your support by sharing your favorite podcast on social media and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Freedom House OC today. See you next week.